Hello, we are hello, hello. now live and uh, welcome another Thursday night, another or oh, Thursday night for, for us, me and you, Kurt, and uh, thanks for joining, much appreciated. Thanks for having me, looking forward to it. Uh, just starting with a, a laugh there, I, uh, I was doing one of these a couple of weeks ago and I accidentally uh, blocked or, or, or banned Sandy accidentally because I'm just... Yeah, I'm not a very good aim with the mouse, apparently. You know, I've blocked the wrong person. What are you going to do? Um, so thanks for coming back. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, so do you want to uh, give a quick introduction about who you are, uh, Kurt? And we can, we can get going, yeah? Sure, sure. Cool. So Kurt Beeler, um, I am a Power BI consultant. I also maintain a, a blog known as Data Goblins. Uh, I'm specialized in... Uh, Power BI adoption, but also report design. I love, of course, everything to do with Power BI, from data modeling to building out the reports and just engaging with the business and trying to understand mm. what they need. Um, mm. And yeah, that's me. Very cool. Um, I have to go straight on my first, maybe obvious question. I've always been curious, where the goblins come from? Yeah, the goblins. <laughs> secret no it's not so uh <laughs> i'm really really big into dungeons and dragons like i'm massive into dungeons and dragons um every friday night at 6 30 at cet you know what i'm doing i'm playing D. &D. no way. um so it's it's something i'm very passionate about and it's something that i think is also really interesting if, if you want to you know engage in a group and just leave the technology behind for a couple hours yeah um some of my strongest friendships have been forged that way um, but I wanted, when I started blogging, I wanted to find a way to, to make sure that I could still intrinsically enjoy it. So mm. I wanted to connect it to something that I really loved, um, yeah. not just, you know, data, because I of course love working with data, but I wanted to, to integrate it with D and D somehow. And, uh, in D and D you have all these magic items, you have all these things. And I thought, yeah, it would be interesting if there was a, a Dungeons and Dragons data set. And I used that for my demos and stuff. That would be fun. Yeah. Um, it kind cool. of took off from there. Uh, and now I got way too many goblin drawings that I know what to do with. So <laughs> They're very, very cool. And I, it's a really effective storytelling technique as well. Yeah. So the thing I like the most about it is I like to talk about a lot of concepts that are um more nuanced so things like data literacy these are things that that are, are really really important to me and that i'm really passionate about but it's very hard to talk about it because it's nuanced because it's about people so if you're going to present something like that or try to like convey a message you need to have images that are really striking and help bring that message forward um, especially if you portray it in a in a storytelling sense so I always try to tell a story with these recurring characters and the characters have silly names like Bonk the business goblin or whatever. <laughs> and, uh, but, but Bonk, like he, he's this character and he goes through this journey and he's a business user. And by hearing about Bonk's frustrations and everything, you you remember what he goes through as a character. And they, they have these little character arcs where I try to make them have these little character arcs wow. in the presentations and the blog posts, uh, <clears throat> just in order to help deliver the message. So. Very cool. Um, I, I gotta say, I mean, um, Sandy says here uh, regarding your blog that um, one of the most pro prolific bloggers and your blog is very impressive. Of course, I can only agree with that. I um, I have to say, I mean, I, I'm not usually the um, the biggest reader. Normally, I'm more into the video content, but it was probably the past. 
I can't remember what it was, maybe the past year, maybe a bit less, that I started kind of getting more into the, in the blog side of things and I kind of radiated towards yours for, I think that's the thing, it's another thing as well. I mean, because I'm quite a visual person, that might yeah. be the most obvious thing a person can say who works with data visualization, I'm a visual person. <laughs> um, but I mean, the characters also kind of draw you in, they kind of really kind of bring yeah. you through the story. Um, Sandeep asks also like, who, who draws them? Yeah, I'm curious about that as well. Is it like, a, are you also fantastically gifted artistically as well? I am not whatsoever. Uh, <laughs> okay. for, for, first of all, it's it's really really nice to hear that. Um, like when I when I blog, when I do it, I mean, ultimately, I do it because I like it. Um, mm. My my biggest drive is just that it's something that is fun for me, mm. um, and it's also it keeps me anchored a little bit. Like it's mm. something to look forward to every week, and and something like this. Like you have mm. a terrible week, you can hammer out a nice post on something interesting, that's nice. uh, and, and that's cool. So, um, but no, I don't draw them. I collaborate with uh, an artist mm. uh, and I'm very, very thankful for that collaboration because they're someone who is themselves very talented, very diligent, um, but they have a real knack for having this conversation with me about these very technical concepts that by the mm. way, they don't have a background in at all. And uh, they can translate those ideas so well uh, to these to these caricatures and they never portray something like technical like a report or some data stuff yeah um in the, in a more to give you an example in the most recent drawing that they were doing for me they're representing a complex concept as a as an enormous carrot and uh no <laughs> so way. It's just, that's cool it's just these like silly metaphors and things but you, you get it as you're reading it and mm. i feel it also makes it more accessible so i'm very thankful for that artist and i also uh i've worked with another artist in the past as well but in the bottom of my blog i mentioned them so if you ever are interested in commission work definitely take a look at them. So I'm, I'm really happy with their work and thankful for their collaboration. So you absolutely do mention that as well. Very cool. Yeah, it's, um, I mean, the, the, the blog post that it was quite recent, I think it was, where are we now? We're in August, right? It must be, yeah, it was, it was July. This, um, we need this report in Power BI. I love it. Yeah. I gotta say it was because, and I think it's because I probably love it because I've lived it so many times, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And this taking you through the process using this using this characterization and um, just, I mean, you have a great writing style. I'm sorry, I'm just looking at it as I'm talking as well. But just to kind of like, have, I mean, I think actually the first time I ever came across any of your work was probably it might it was maybe early pandemic, and I think I think mm. actually it was the first ever time I attended a, a user group online well, oh really because and i think it was maybe was it sweden or something or somewhere in sweden oh, I, I, yeah it could be from from alexander i can't honestly yeah I, I, that rings a bell yeah and yeah. I, I felt like such an intruder it was such a ridiculous thing because i was like but i don't live in sweden can i do this <laughs> and obviously i was like am i gonna get booted but obviously not and and this is where i came across this this goblin and i'd never really seen anything like this before like okay so we have characters and the and yeah. we have Blink and Blink's doing stuff. And um, yeah, it's, 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 it's a wonderful thing. Really cool stuff, mate. Thank you. That's really, really nice to hear. Uh, I really appreciate it. Um, but yeah, this, this post is something that's been in the pipeline for a very long time, actually. Um, okay. it's, in, it's intimately connected to um, the, the data set that I've been making. So the backstory behind this post is okay. it's, it's very closely connected to this fake data set. Um, or a data set generator even sort of, but, but very loosely uh, that I built based on all the Dungeons and Dragons data 
mm-hmm. from the game. And I, I scraped all that data. I took a lot of that information and using Python, I, I built a generator to try to apply some logic on it mm-hmm. uh, so that there was a business. And that business is the one here, uh, <laughs> dead or Dumbledilps Equipment Adventuring Deliveries Incorporated, but dead is much easier. <laughs> um, so, but uh, it's it's this whole order to cash data sets and uh, I wanted to use it for all my demos and stuff. And I had this idea for this blog post, but in my head, for some reason, I needed this data set to be done to, to do it. Um, so mm. fi- finally, a few months ago, I just said, you know what, I need to finish this. I sat down and I just went through it. Uh, and I, I'm glad I did because this is something Absolutely. the whole requirement story um, is something that's a very interesting thing to talk about. And it's really interesting to hear other people's experiences, especially yeah. how we relate to each other so yeah. much. Yeah, um, it's it's really interesting. So. I, th- I think at the very least, it's always nice to, to recognize or, or see that people have similar experiences, right? Because you only have those really, really bad days, you know? Yeah. And you're thinking, oh my God, this is like really is is it this is really what it's like, and just to see like a blog post like when it when it depends of course on the subject, but you know, I mean the classic one, I mean the the I think one line I forget what it was that they all have a common a common goal you say which is um, the report already existing somewhere, you know, for yeah, example. Yeah. So if you lift the data from Excel and people say, oh, just give me that. And I just want it, want it in Power BI and just that to that and all the problems I can go through. Um, yeah. And it's it's nice. I actually want to ask, but regarding the dungeon there, the, um, the, the D&D uh, data set, when you were talking, and it was a, it's a great thing that you say, it's, it's, you, you enjoy playing in Dungeons and Dragons to kind of have that offline yeah. time. I was actually curious. I thought there would be somewhere like an actual really cool data set for D and D, like like of all the whatever strengths and whatever, I'm not really so much a D player, but you can. But I I really wanted it to be a, like a business data set, so I really wanted it mm. to be something that I could show clients, and and I wanted it to be completely original. So I just use it as a starting point, and and you know, there's there's a huge list of customers and all this stuff. Mm. Um, mm. I, I want to write a blog post specifically about the data set because I learned a lot by just going through that exercise mm. and trying to to reverse engineer um, like a kind of business logic and to think about what kind of trends would there be, what kind of insights would there be, things like this. Hmm. Um, so but uh, so it's more focused on like sales and stuff like this. You can find lots of data sets that are about things like monster statistics or um, characters and stuff. Hmm. Um, but I wanted to have something that was really more a kind of like order to cash data set kind of thing. So, nice. Yeah. Creating your own data set is really above and beyond level. I got to say that's. Uh... It was. Um, it, it it's not like for the faint of heart. That's for sure because yeah. I, I I fell down some pretty big rabbit holes. Um, mm. It was in the in the very very beginning. It was also something that I was using as an incentive to to learn Python. Um, I really wanted to go and learn Python, and and I needed a you need a passion project. I forget who says it, but there's someone who says it in the community. And uh, Jeff Weir, yeah. yeah, yeah. He's completely so, right. I, I, I think, I mean, people contact other people quite often if you're kind of new to, to Power BI or, or analytics or whatever, and yeah. they say, how, how can we get started? What can I do? And yeah. I think passion project is, uh, is absolutely the way I had. My, mine is the football one, which I use in every single one of my blog posts. Um, yeah. Though the issue, the issue with that, I realize every now and then is that in the, um, in the football blog, there's very little data for, date values 
Um, uh, yeah. So yeah. every now and then I switch to like weather, like weather forecast is like an API. Um, but yeah, to have a, something that you care about and is something actually fun is yeah, necessity as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, it's it's cool. And and I think it's really cool also that recently, like with SQL BI, you can use the Contoso dataset generator. I think that's, that's an true. That's an yeah. extremely valuable tool when it comes to, to mocking up. Um, I wanted to, to work on a post for a while to kind of highlight that because it's uh, having a, a data set that you can kind of curate and, and kind of shape as your own almost. Mm -hmm. And it, it becomes this little campaign of your own learnings and adventures um, especially if you're doing something like like blogging or so on to just mm. learn a little bit, uh, mm. I think it's it's very valuable. So it's I think that's a particularly very valuable resource that's uh, been made available in recent months. So um, that's actually true. I looked at that and then I kind of forgot about it for a while. But you're right; that is a, a very nice thing. The mm. um, there is the the data set available within Power BI. They have this um, data set available. It's quite limited, right? As far as I yeah. remember. Yeah, that was also one of the things I wanted to overcome. And one of the motivations to make my own is I wanted to make something that was like a chonky boy, like <laughs> something, <laughs> so, 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 something that would really like, um, if I if I was trying to come up with some kind of DAX solution or something that it would mm. it would force me to try to think of a performance solution. Um, mm. Because it was just very big, high cardinality, very unwieldy. Um, also, so it could just feel a little bit realistic when you're working with data down to like the order number level or something like this. Yeah. Um, uh, that was one of the goals I had is to, to make it this unwieldy thing so that you mm. can test performance optimization stuff on it. Yeah. So not quite there yet, but <laughs> close enough. It's a, um, it's a high goal you've set yourself there, mate. But uh, as I say, very, very impressive. Um, so quickly, a, a bit about uh, yourself and you and where you're from and where you arrived at, uh, at where you are today. You say you're originally from uh, Canada, no? I am actually, yeah. So I'm based in Belgium. I've lived here for 10 years. Um, I'm originally from Canada. Uh, I miss hockey, but that's a little bit about it. Um, yeah. uh, I don't miss the very cold winters. Um, so, okay. but yeah, my family, obviously, very much. Of course, so, yeah. But yeah. Uh, yeah, so I've I've lived in Belgium, um, based in Flanders. Uh, I like it a lot. So okay, yeah. nice. Yeah. I could do with a couple of pretty cold winters, to be honest. Maybe yeah. maybe after like two, we might get too much. But I would just like to experience that complete bit. Of, you know, my parents you know. really like visitors. So if you like, um, <laughs> around January next year, you're welcome to go visit. My dad would love to take you to see the the hockey game, Edmonton Oilers. Absolutely. Absolutely. That, that sounds great. Uh, I'll, <laughs> just, just DM me the address and I'll just, I'll just show up on the doorstep, no problem, right? Yeah, you're going to have to walk my mom's dog, though. So. This is fine. I've got a small dog. probably walk more than my dog. My dog is just, he's tiny, right? What so kind of dog do you have? I have a, it's like a miniature Dachshund, or whatever okay. you ever say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And uh, he, in some ways, he suits me perfectly because when it's really hot, he's like, nope, not walking in that. Um. So yeah, this this is actually um, helpful. And then when it rains, you also won't go out. But other than that, it's okay. Um, there you go. You got a fellow fellow Canadian in the chat there, mate. Which part yeah. of Canada? I'm from Edmonton. I'm I'm also from Edmonton. Edmonton Oilers. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Oh my yeah. lord. Maybe yeah, used nice to be neighbors. There you go. Yeah. I love that sort of thing. Um, may I ask what 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 led you across to to Belgium? If that's okay to ask, if it's not. Yeah, I was gonna actually ask you how you ended up in Germany. Um, so. <laughs> Uh, you first, actually. 
if you That's don't mind. That's very fair. No, absolutely not, mate. I give you time to come up with a fake answer, right? Yeah, um, I, I wish I had, well, so I first came to Berlin, it was in 2004. So the very end, I came across to like do some traveling. Do you know what? That's a lie. The first time I was in Berlin was before that. I had I on like a, a school trip. I was studying history and we went to, you know, one of the, the camps and stuff, you know, all very somber yeah. affair. And we came to Berlin city center probably for all of like three hours. And I just, I just loved it. And I said, oh, yeah, I want to go back there at some point. So um, I found myself with a year off university because I took a, a, a gap year. And uh, I was like, okay, let's go a little bit of traveling as you do back in the Oops. Be here. Uh, so I just uh, moved across. And I meant to travel around Germany more. I was meant to go to Munich. And I, I did go to different places. But I just stayed in Berlin. And I never really left other than, other than to finish university. And that was me. So I moved full time in 2006. If I'm really honest about it, which I might as well be, it would be unfair to not be totally honest. Um, one of the decisions to, to remain here was because I, I met someone. And um, so uh, yeah, yeah. that is that is one of the main reasons. But I just love Berlin. And um, back then, I was a European citizen. Not so much anymore. Um, yeah, that must have been complicated. You know, it wasn't so much complicated, more like really, really annoying. Because... Yeah. I was lucky enough that I'd already been here for so long that it was like, okay, here is uh, an um, uh, unbefristete Aufenthaltstitel, so uh, my permanent residency. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I just got that in March. I'm handing in my, my citizenship application actually uh, next week, so I'm excited to finally be done, hopefully, with the administration. So it's funny Very because cool. um, in Flemish, the word for a citizen is a burger, so spelled burger. And uh, I, I'm telling everybody when I'm a citizen, I'm, I'm inviting anyone who wants to come for a burger party. Um, so we'll have hamburgers and we'll celebrate me being a burger. So it'd be great. So. <laughs> be like a like a, an anti-vegan party in that regard, right? Um, well, everyone's welcome. <laughs> of course, just just the theme is what I'm saying, right? Yeah. I um I'm I'm quite far off getting my my actual my my gym citizenship because it's so difficult actually to make any appointments at the um at the offices that just don't have any. So I've been, I've, I've literally been oh, trying wow. to get, to get one appointment since before the pandemic. All right. Wow. It's very, very that, tough. Really like two and two and a half years. Uh, it's closer to four actually. Oh my goodness. They have, and, and I, I'm pretty sure someone's built a bot because what they do is every Wednesday, they release this, the appointments at eight o'clock in the morning and by yeah. eight, o'clock in three seconds they're all gone that's insane yeah i, it's, I it's am not going to complain anymore i think <laughs> <laughs> that's really insane wow yeah. i mean but i i, I can but this, the strange thing is i was speaking to my wife a few months ago we're thinking about maybe we could like you know move to to austria still do our jobs that we do now but you know remote okay. and i as i can't because i have no legal right to live to to work uh, in austria and um, uh. so actually in order to leave germany I have to get my German citizenship. How mad is that? Oh my goodness. Yeah. <laughs> that must be a lot of stress. I'm sorry that, uh, yeah, I can imagine just going through my own experiences, but wow. Yeah. So. Just don't trust voters. All right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh man. U.S. immigration is, I can, yeah. Okay. So Sandeep wins because he's got U.S. immigration. Yeah. 
That's true. I mean, wins in that regard, not in a positive way, you understand. Uh, yeah, the next time we're all together, we just have to have a small little toast to drink the sorrows away, I think. Yeah, I can imagine. I, I went through US um, security once with a, a plaster cast on my arm. Um, I was flying I was flying to Australia um, and I went via the US because it was the cheapest ticket that I could find. And I think it was at like somewhere like LA or something. And I went through the security, this was on the way back. Yeah. And I had a plaster cast on my arm and I'd been at a friend's wedding and we'd been drinking, having a good time. And I fell into a pool. I'm not sure if this is relevant, but I always think it is. And I think somehow the combination of what was ever in the pool and my plaster cast, um, when they took, they, t they literally took a sample of the cast and put it in this thing. And it started like flashing to say there was oh, some wow. like, yeah, some kind of whatever. Chemical I'm not sure reaction. What it was. Yeah. yeah. So they had to go through all my bags, to check that everything was okay. And I'm like, you can go through my bags, but all you're going to find is dirty underwear. And uh, that's all you brought. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take dirty anywhere. I'll clean it when I get there. Yeah. I yeah. never know. A hotel could have a really good laundromat. So Very true. Very did true. they, did they do anything with your cast or they left it alone? No, they left it. That was, I, I, I can't remember what year this was. Was it? Uh, I, yeah, of oh, course you, it was. It was you had all the drugs in there then. Absolutely. This is where this was. My, <laughs> that, that was the grand plan. Right. Yeah. Actually, getting into Australia, they also give me, they almost give me a quite a big fine because I had an apple in my bag, um, and you can't take fruit and vegetables into oh, Australia. Yeah. Right. And I didn't. I mean, I should have known because I actually used to like these like border security programs. And now I was like, like oh, look at that idiot! He tried to take that, and he's going to get a fine. And then there's me rocking up with an apple, and the the dog came and he sat next to my bag. He can't next. He sat next to like my, my luggage. And I'm like, oh, what a nice little dog. I've got to stroke the dog. They're like, step away from the bag. I'm like, what the fuck? They look through it and they find an apple. And the only reason the apple was in there because when I left, I packed a bar of chocolate and an apple. I mean, which one am I going to eat? Obviously the chocolate. Um, <laughs> apple remained, but they were, they, were, they were nice and they showed leniency because, yeah, yeah whatever. So that, that's, that was a really long answer about my Berlin, about Berlin. So now, now, now it's your turn, man. <laughs> Mine's actually not too dissimilar from yours, but it's just the end part. So I, I, I met my, I met my wife. At, yeah, no, I brought an apple to Australia, and that's how I ended up in Belgium. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, so I met my wife in Sweden. Uh, I spent part of my studies in in Sweden, and actually, I, I um, so I don't have a background in, in BI or computer science. I have a background in genetics, um, and I was studying genetics back then. And uh, I met my wife, and uh, she was from Belgium. And that's what led me into to Belgium. So, nice. um, so since then, been living here, and I, I like it a lot. So nice. I've only been, I think, once. Yeah, we did like a, like a road trip up that way. We kind of went to like up in the north, and then through Belgium and down like Netherlands area and stuff. It's nice. Are Do you, you going to come to Data Mines? You know what? I'm not. Um, I've never been to a conference before ever, actually. Um, really? But I am going to Power BI next step. Um, oh, nice. Me too. Are you going? Oh, cool. Nice. Yeah, yeah. I shall see you there. I'm, I'm going to drive. I don't want to fly there. <laughs> I'm, I am also driving. There's no, it's, yeah, it's not, no. it's like a five and a half, six hour drive or something. Um, oh, it's okay. Yeah. Well, so I'll do the job. I'm, the, the kids aren't with me, so I can just take it nice and easy, you know? Yeah. Um, but yeah, probably our um, next step is going to be my first ever um, conference. And you notice, I was starting to think to myself, I had this like voice. And yeah, Data Mozart's was going as well. He's going to see. Yeah, actually, we discussed that. I remember, he's, he's going to go. And I was thinking, it's such a stupid thing. Uh, I was thinking to myself, what do people wear at conferences? Like, 
can I like just wear a hoodie? Is that going to be a, is that generally, be a gen, generally clothes, generally clothes. <laughs> so. Damn it. <laughs> My plans <Yeah>. are ruined. <laughs> I, I know some people have a tendency to wear like something um, that they, they usually wear to a conference. Um, so something like this, but I think in general, it's just normal. So um, yeah. So I'm just looking forward to seeing folks again and having some nice discussions like, um, when I went to, to data grilling, um, a couple of months ago, I was, I, it was such a good time and so many really, uh, very stimulating conversations and ideas from other people. Um, it's always such a privilege to listen to people's thoughts and, and perspectives on things that really shine a different light on, on so many things. Um, there was a, a lot of conversations I had there that, that led to a lot of ideas that I, I tried to represent in some blog posts or some stuff that I'm still working on. And uh, it just teaches you a lot of things. So going to a conference, I think, is is such a good way to to learn and grow, but also to just connect in a special way so that you just enjoy your work and the people that are around it. Um, I mean, I guess that's what community is, right? So, Absolutely. And I've kind of really just been around for kind of the, um, you know, the online community. So I'm looking forward to kind of more like a the in-person type thing. I mean, because I really kind of became really active coincidentally it wasn't play, it wasn't because of pandemic i just thought okay this year i want to get into more like you know videos and content yeah. and stuff and um so in that regard pandemic was just actually helped because i was yeah. just always sit, sitting there at home and stuff and one second i'm going to throw up a question because sandeep actually asked a good question how did you get into bi from genetics how did that oh, happen? Uh, that's an interesting question. So I also recently wrote a blog post about um, um, some like crossover between science and, and BI. But uh, it's funny because genetics and, and like academic research, it seems so different from BI in a way. Mm -hmm. um, but in so many ways, it's so similar. Um, of course, the technologies are different and the kinds of questions are different. But um, but yeah, there's a lot of similarities. But how I got into it actually was funny. It was a, there was a guy in the gym and at the end of my PhD, um, I was really ready for a, a different challenge. I didn't like working in a lab very much. Okay. Um, it, it wasn't really for me, I guess. And I wasn't sure where I wanted to take my career next. Um, and in the gym, I met this, this individual who talked to me about consulting and things. And he was trying to convince me to, to get into consulting in a kind of a different area, more scientific area. Mm. He said, yeah, you, there's also data. And uh, he introduced me to someone who who works with um, uh, like a self-service tool. So they work with Tableau, actually. And then uh, they also introduced me to someone else who works with Power BI. And just talking through them, they, they were explaining what they do. And I thought like, whoa, so you're telling me I can make figures, which is the best part of what I do right now for a career. And they were like, yeah, sort of, sort of, sort of. <laughs> and I thought, well, that sounds pretty cool. And and going into it in the beginning, I, I really didn't know that much. I felt so lost and 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 like there was so much to learn. Um, mm. But that's where, you know, getting involved with the community and everything really helped a lot is, is just picking up so much knowledge from everybody about things like data modeling and architecture and, mm. and stuff like this. Um, yeah, and it's been a, a really nice journey since then. So Very um, cool. The best career decision I ever made definitely was taking the leap into BI. And one of the things I try to do now, not very successfully yet, but um, I'm trying to convince more people who are in like genetics or doing a PhD there to, to really think about BI as a career path um, because mm -hmm. it's so stimulating, it's so rewarding. 
um, it, it's so interesting uh, that it, it's it's just yeah, it's worth taking a crack at. So nice, really interesting. I mean, I've had a couple of mechanical engineers. Never had a doctor of what are you a doctor of? What was your PhD in? Um, so I did a PhD in biomedical sciences, and I studied the, the genetic regulation of insulin. And uh, I used the fruit fly as a model organism. So uh, funny story, I was actually in a meeting once where I was working with some finance people. Hmm. And we were we were discussing the change in mentality between going from a more Excel based mentality to using Power BI. And um, one of them was a bit frustrated. And he said, Yeah, I'm not like you, you know, computer science guys, like I haven't been I haven't been taught in computers. I haven't been working with computers like like mm -hmm. this and programming and all this. And I said, I just said, guy, like four years ago, I was working with fruit flies. So <laughs> I think we can do this. We'll do it together. <laughs> I love it. That's really cool. I'm going to throw up a question by Marco because he even wrote Q in front of it. He's, he's done it in such a nice way that I'm, I can't not throw it up. Um, when did you start managing data, any language or tool? Um, it's... I. When I started doing research, I guess would be the most um, semantic answer. Uh, mm. So, but in in research, the way you're managing data is very different um, because the data is produced not as a result of transactions per se, um, but more as a result of experiments. Uh, okay. So you are both the creator as well as the manager of the data in a sense, mm. um, and you have to ensure that the creation of that data is is done responsibly and ethically mm. and objectively. Um, so it would be, I guess, when I started doing research in 20, um, I guess it would be 2010, 20, 2011. So, okay. and, um, back then there was no specific tool that I was using. So, and that the earlier tools that I was using was like, uh, for making figures like scientific figures, like GraphPad Prism, which I don't know if anyone uh, is aware of, but it's it's just a tool for making like a no code tool for making figures and analyzing data statistically, um, but then also working a little bit with uh, with R and some other stuff. So very cool, very interesting. Love it. My God, um, I just want to lead us to another one of your um, blog posts, which I saw a um, one second. This one more cue. Now I think I think you've already answered it. But we can go anyway. What do you have that sign on your back? The, the dead sign. Yeah, this is this is dead. It stands for Dumbledopes Equipment Adventuring Deliveries Incorporated, uh, and it is the the this fictional company in the Data Goblins universe that sells adventuring equipment and ships it all over the place. And uh, so all of my mock you know reports and stuff like this are made with this. Uh, this fictional company's data set. And this is actually made not by me, but this is made by Alexander, um, who's a who's an incredibly talented, uh, an incredibly talented woodsman. So I don't know what the term is, but uh, really wow. impressive. So yeah, he gave it to me after um, Data Mines last year, which was my first in-person conference actually. Oh real? Um, nice. Yeah. I like so, it. Yeah. Well that leads that leads us perfectly back to data mines, which is what I was gonna bring up before. Yeah, you 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 you're Talking at Data Minds uh, this year, correct? Um, because I came across going through your, your blog again this um, post about um, looking for input for a future session about mental health. Right. Um, this is a very interesting topic. It is. Talk about uh, that. So this 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 is a session that I'll be presenting this year in October at Data Minds. Um, 
And is it okay if I post a link? Yes, of course. Yeah, thank you. Actually, that that would be a great help. Yeah. Um, so the session is called "You Can Do This, Damn It," and uh, I really mean that. So it's it's uh, the the purpose of the session is just to to first acknowledge a little bit about how you know the last few years have been uniquely difficult for many of us. I think, if not all of us, uh, in a lot of ways. Um, and I think we need kind of a moment to just acknowledge that, but then also to just talk concretely about what kinds of things can we do to, to cope with uh, difficulties, not just specifically with mental health, but just unhelpful thoughts, unhelpful feelings. How do we, how do we deal with that? Things mm -hmm. that are um, burdening us, our productivity, our health, our happiness. Uh, this is something that's, that's very important. And especially after, you know, these these difficult years, I think it's something that that's important to have a conversation about. So mm. um, I really hesitated to submit this talk originally, um, but I, I did get some some positive feedback from some people about it. So I'm I'm hoping people find it useful. Um, so I'm I'm looking forward to to giving it. Um, I can well imagine. I, I gotta say, it's something that I've been thinking about quite a lot recently as well. Um, maybe this is something that I might. Regret saying out loud in, in, in a few days or a couple hours, I'm not sure. But I, uh, pandemic was one of those times where I thought that all these extra things that was were required of me, you know, the homeschooling on top mm -hmm. of my, my job and just, you know, oh, everything else that, yeah. that everyone was going through. I had this mentality of, yeah, it's fine. I can take, I can take what it throws at me, you know. Yeah, I can yeah. just take more, take more. And it wasn't until the start of this year that I realized I was just almost destroyed just like not just tired but my mentality had changed so much and i was very very lucky that at that point the company that i work for it started saying look we know you're all going through difficult times but and um, we're gonna you know if you want to speak to a psychologist we will we will support that and we'll you can do it through the company so i started mm -hmm. doing it and it just it even after the first session it was the difference was extraordinarily just actually yeah. talking to someone and they didn't I'm really even, glad to hear that yeah. yeah they didn't necessarily have to, to do anything or say anything i mean they did and what they said was just blew my mind yeah. um but it was just simply the talking about it just changed so much and it was it was impacting my relationship with my wife you know um which since the time has just it's got so much better because of you know like really taking it head on so when i saw that you were um this this post which I, I filled in <laughs> and um and when I saw you were doing the um the the the, the talk I was I was impressed and I, I'm kind of I'm pleased Thanks. that it's becoming more and more kind of I'm not sure is it okay that it, if more and more okay or more and more normal to talk about these yeah. things because I think I think it needs to to be honest there's a lot of stigma behind it, especially when we live in an age when um, we're being incentivized to always show our best selves or our ideal yeah. selves. Yeah. And, and, and that's, that's very difficult and unhealthy. And especially at the same time, you know, uh, the way we discuss things online is, is becoming increasingly unhealthy where we're only being exposed to things we agree with. Um, and, and where the, the discussions when there's disagreement are becoming increasingly difficult and, and prickly, mm. and, uh, it's becoming very hard to just disagree. Um, mm. so yeah. it's, it's, it's hard then to just have a conversation where you make yourself vulnerable or you you talk about a, a difficult subject or a sensitive subject. And I, actually, I really respect that you you said that just now, talked about your own personal experiences, because that does take a lot of a lot of courage, honestly, 
So, um, and I think it's important to do, I, I agree with you very much. Uh, and I think it's important to also talk about these things in a really kind of concrete solution oriented way as well, where we can really say, okay, you know, how can we address, like, how can we make this better, for example, or how can we support one another? What, what can be done or, yeah. you know, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Absolutely. And I think it's, I mean, I was, I'm speaking about purely pandemic related stuff. I mean, other stuff such as, I mean, I'm sure this exists in, in every single industry, but I think also you mentioned it in the, in this link that I sent as well about um, imposter syndrome, which I know people talk about quite a lot, yeah. but if you suffer, if you, if you experience that so frequently, that can also be something that's really difficult to deal with. If you're constantly doubting yourself, yeah. if you're constantly saying, I can't, or I'm not good enough, or it's a struggle, this this so the title of your session was this quite quite going by the way because and to an extent a very sm a small degree sometimes even these talks are, are, are strange to me because I speak to so many people who are yeah. so good at so many different things and it's great to learn from people I think that's it's always good to, to look at it from a different perspective not what I can't do but what I can learn these are things that I yeah. can do but I, if I want to I, I can grow here I can you know learn this sort of thing. But to frequently speak to people who are very, very good at their field and specialize in certain things, that it, it is sometimes thinking, of, oh, goddamn, so far. Yeah. Wish, wish I could do that, wish I could do that, you know what I mean? It's, 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 you, you raise a very good and important point. And uh, I think, you know, that's also where we can, we, we need to think also about strategies on how to tackle those ways of thinking. Like, like I think when you join into the community, for example, it, it is a risk somewhat that you're kind of exposed to so many talented, mm. um, um, remarkable people that have so many uh, wonderful thoughts, but it does put a lot of pressure on you in a way, mm. but it's normal to feel that. Like it's it's normal to have that reaction. Like it's it's human, right? Yeah, um, yeah of course. So, so, but at the same time, like there's also ways we can kind of rationalize it and, and remind ourselves, first of all, like, yeah, it's okay to feel that. Uh, second, that, you know, we can just accept that we're doing it and then to, uh, to, to do something about it to, for example, using some journals or things like this. Like one of the things I'm hoping to do at the session is to hand out these gratitude journals. Um, That's a really cool idea, man. So I'm going to be bringing uh, some gratitude journals and some habit journals to hand out on a first come first serve basis. Uh, and that's one of the things I'll talk about is, you know, something you can really do um is is journaling so uh it can even be something really simple and i did this in the beginning of my career when i switched over from science i felt all the time like there were these words that i just i didn't understand and i was learning a lot and it was really stimulating but i was just swimming in 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 so much foreign material that i, I mm. constantly felt like I, I can't keep up or i don't know mm. enough or so what i started doing actually is i kept a piece of paper beside my keyboard at my desk and Throughout the day, I would write down anything substantial that I learned that day. Um, and then cool. at the end of the day, I would have a list of things I learned. Um, mm. And then that just made me feel good because I could just look at that list and be like, yeah, I learned those things. Mm. Um, and then I stopped kind of having this, this pressure that I, I need to do more because it was right mm. there. The evidence was right there. Absolutely. So, that's, yeah. a, that's a really good idea. Sometimes looking back, back at your previous work, works for me as well if i look at something that i did a year ago i'm like my god but like <laughs> my god that because i would never do that now but also it's a positive thing because yeah. i've learned so many things and new ideas or techniques or just errors i mean you know 
Do you um, remember the, the first Power BI report that you made or the first oh, yeah. data model that you managed? Yeah. Yeah, uh, just very much so. I um, yeah. Not so much now, but I used to watch a lot of amateur football here in Berlin. I had a whole like project about it and stuff. And um, it was, I mean, I still love it because it taught me a lot about the power query side, but the data model, I can't remember because to be honest, mm -hmm. what I probably did was just say load and Power BI did its thing and connected all the tables to me and I didn't realize how horrific all that was. And it obviously had, you know, auto daytime and all that, all that kind of stuff. Um, and it was probably, you know, a table, three pie charts and a bar chart. And I was like, this is awesome. Um, it, it's such a good feeling though, right? Like, and I, th I, it's, it's amazing when you see that in, in, in users as well. Um, like when someone makes their first report and they're, they're so proud of it. Yeah. And that's, that's just this, <laughs> that energy that like, uh, that they, they, it's so easy to, to make something, you know, that, that delivers that insight. That's, that's part of the magic of these tools. It's, it's really cool. It so, is. It is. Yeah. It's, it's awesome. I mean, it's always, I mean, we, you see reports that are, are, are published places. One thing that I wish didn't happen quite so much, and I'm probably speaking specifically about LinkedIn now, which is, in my opinion, generally a hellhole. Um, <laughs> people, people will say, I create this report. It's my first report. What do you think? And for a first report, it's, it's, it's great, but the person is asking for feedback. But all they get is, oh, that's fantastic. This is so cool. That's amazing. Mm. And if no one's saying, great work, that is a really, uh, what you did is fantastic. You should be proud of yourself. However, think about this. Maybe like try that and, and put that there and change this, that, and the other. Obviously in like a, you know, in a constructive way. Um, I think that sometimes for me restricts um, progression in yeah. some regards. So... I understand I what you mean. Giving feedback is a skill on its own. So it's um, it's something that's that's hard to do. And also when someone has that moment where they're like, they're proud of what they're made or they're showcasing what they're made, it's also kind of like this moment of vulnerability where if the, if the wrong feedback is given, yeah. it, could, it could turn someone who is really um, uh, an adopter of the tool into, into a detractor, like someone who really becomes combative down the road just because those initial engagements were, were so hostile. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. So, and, uh, it's, it's, it's difficult to, to provide that good feedback because you want to enforce good practices and governance mm. and, and things as well. But, mm. and you see that there, there's a lot that they can improve, but you just kind of have to focus on a few things, but also make sure that you acknowledge what they did well and, and the progress Absolutely. that they've made. Yeah. Uh, so I think you're right. I think what you say makes sense. You have to, not just focus on the bad or the good, but deliver mm. the feedback that is useful. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, I I think it's something that I think more because generally speaking, I like the feedback process, like both directions. I like I will always ask my line manager, like schedule a session for feedback. How's it going? Is there anything that you want to say? Any areas that I can prove upon? All, all that sort of thing. So I really think it's no matter what you do, no matter what job you work in. I'm sure there are some exceptions, but you get me. Feedback is a really important um, thing to have. And I think it kind of goes back a little bit to the imposter syndrome thing. Um, yeah. Because, you know, I I used to say that I came from a, like a non-standard, like my, my, my path to BI was non-standard. Yeah. 
That being said, what I have learned is that I think the non-standard is just as standard as the standard, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Because there are a huge number of people within the who I I have contact with every single day who, you know, was people who used to be a chef or they would work in a whatever, yeah. whatever. And it's um, that itself. And that's just, you know, knowledge and kind of contacting people and kind of listening and seeing and, and understanding that, you know, it's it's natural to kind of feel, okay, this is like a te- technical job and I, I should have yeah, gone yeah. to university for five years, primarily because there are so many ridiculous job adverts that say that they want that. Um, I know what so. you mean. Yeah, it's it's nice too because each person that comes from like um, a different uh, environment and a different industry, they bring with them their not only their experience but also their perspectives. And um, they they no matter what industry you're working in, you're working with information in some capacity. Like you're you're making decisions, actionable decisions on information in order to do your job. Yeah. I would say. I would argue. Um, so then taking that perspective, whether it's, you know, hidden a bit beneath the surface or, or really more visible. Uh, and then when you apply it, once you've learned the technical skills in Power BI can really expose some, some new ways of thinking, even really, you know, innovative ways of thinking that can challenge existing dogmas. Uh, and that's, that's where innovation can happen. And I think we see that in the community quite a bit. Sometimes when people share some, some new ideas that are, are really like, wow. You know, I, it's really cool that they thought of that. Like one of my favorite blog posts actually is from David, um, uh, David Eldersfeld. I'm going to, okay. I don't know how to paste it in the chat, but it's, uh, it's about data sonification, sonification. Uh, I think, I think I have to make you an admin or something. If you, yeah. type, if you type something, I'll, I'll, I'll click on make you admin and then you can post it in the, in the chat. Yeah. And, um, so it's uh, uh, he. What he did is uh, he played uh, using the data. He played sounds through the Power BI report, so that a high bar was a, a high pitch, I believe, and a mm-hmm. low bar was a low pitch. So when you hit the play button, it actually plays volume, so you hear the data. You know what I mean? Huh. So that's pretty cool. It's really cool, yeah. So and it's it's really interesting when you think about it, and you think about you know. Imagine like sitting down at your report and you have two sounds, one sound that tells you you're on target, one sound that tells you you're off target. You just sit down and I don't know, Power Automate plays a little sound, you know, you're on target. So then you maybe you you go look at a different set of reports. I don't know. So but these these kind of things, these kind of they're just they're, it's so cool to see this, uh, the these kind of things, you know what I mean? That's really interesting. I never come with a concept before. If you find the link, just um, stick it in and uh, so that'd be really cool to, um, to have How a look at. Put it in the chat. Um, if you if you go to our actual chat within uh, YouTube, if you just type something or or ah. just set, and then I'll just kind of make you admin or whatever, um, okay. and then we, we can just uh, we can just stick it there. In the meantime, I'm going to throw up this question, which is quite a long one, so it took me a, a second to get through it. Uh, what do you think of this definition found in MS Docs? <laughs> it's quite a long one. Um, I'm go through it anyway because it just it interests me. What do you think of this definition found in MS Docs? Power BI is a, this is long, sorry is a business analytics service that aims to provide interactive visualizations and business intelligence capabilities with interface simple enough and users to create their own reports and dashboards. Um, that it's sounds a like a defi- it sounds like a definition from 2017, to be honest. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's hard to summarize in in a single sentence. I guess like to define. Yeah to define Power BI because it's it's so big and, and that's yeah. often 
when when I'm talking with people about Power BI, um, who just kind of ask in a very general sense, like tell me about Power BI, like one of the the things I inevitably end up saying is it's so big, like yeah. it's so it's so wide. There's so much there, um, so it's it's then difficult. And I think that's what's interesting is it says business analytics service, um, which is interesting mm. because it tries to summarize that a little bit. Mm. Um, and indeed, yeah, the interactive visualizations, but uh, yeah, mm. like it, it's hard, I think, to summarize in, in so concisely what is Power BI. I so, would say it's wrong because it mentions dashboards and no one uses them. So That's true. Um, That's true. The whole dashboards versus reports thing. Yeah. yeah. And it and it doesn't mention even mention metrics, um, aka goals. By the way, goals is a much better name than metrics. Goals, goals, yeah. It's goals. It just takes less long to say, I guess. Like not well, that much less long, but well, metrics uh, is confusion because for me, metrics are just a, you know, a business metric. You know, you have yeah. a business metric. This is when people say, oh, um, here are the list of KPIs that I want in the report, and there's like thirty of them. Or we're trying to say, okay, well, that's not a KPI. That is metrics, right? Because you, yeah. if you have like thirty KPIs, you have you have issues, right? How you measure your business. Um, so yeah. they're all metrics, and then Power BI change goals to metrics. I'm like, this is getting very confusing. Have you been so, using yeah. uh, goals or, or metrics? I'm just going to call them goals. Metrics. Yeah, yeah. Can we, can we just Go for the sake of this conversation, we're going to call them uh, goals. Uh, honestly, no, I haven't. I, I've watched uh, videos about them. I've seen, you know, like, I think I watched a probably um, tips, did a live session mm -hmm. about them, blog post. But no, to be honest, I haven't. It's uh, on my list. It's, <laughs> it's um, it. They're they're definitely interesting. Like it's something that I've also like wanted to to take a look at, but I just haven't really had time. So I also haven't uh, been able to take a look at them. So I'm hoping in the future, and I, I see um, various people in the community like uh, uh, Chris or Jeff mentioned this quite a bit, but yeah. things that, that start walking a little bit closer towards, you know, real visual activation. So mm. um, stimulating people to, to go and, and bridge that gap between the visual and, and the action that they take as a result of the insight that they're getting from that visual. Um, I yeah. think uh, maybe, you know, goals seems to help fulfill that in some capacity because then it helps someone really stay on top of that. But yeah, um, yeah so. No, and from, generally speaking, I haven't seen many people or anyone maybe say anything overly negative about them. They seem to be widely popular and to have the Power BI community, no one really speak out and complain about something. It's pretty impressive, you know. Yeah. Uh, we do, we, we do like we like a good whinge every now and then, all right? <laughs> I mean, it's good to be able to to have a a difficult discussion about something or to be able to yes. to disagree about it. So that kind of like we were talking about feedback. I think when it comes yeah. to the product itself, um, mm -hmm. that ultimately is is what makes it better. So um, so it's almost like. I would say, I don't know, maybe like a responsibility is to, to try to um, take or leverage the expertise that exists within the community and, and pump that back into the product in order to make it better. Not just mm -hmm. because then it makes our lives easier, but also because then it can help us make a bigger difference with whatever we're doing. So That's a very good point. Very, very well put. Um, also, maybe a good time to call it a day. I, just, I always say 45 minutes and it always goes on longer because, you know, this is just how these conversations go. Um, it's been really I, nice. So I really enjoyed it. I, I used to feel bad when it went over the time, but now I don't. It, and it goes over the time because I'm having a nice time having a chat. <laughs> um, yeah, so I'm having fun. The, 
they go by so quickly, going. right? For me, it's just like, you know? Um, so, yeah, I was... Um, only thing, the only thing that I have left to do this evening is actually edit a video that, that I've been making because with the, the Power BI release that came out yesterday or two days ago, it just completely destroyed this video. That was I was literally oh, really? half an hour from uploading it. And then I opened, I saw a blog post or I saw um, someone LinkedIn say, I was like, no, no, please don't. And it was, the, it, was the first, it was the first time ever I'd opened Power BI and tried to do something that I know a feature that should exist and I hope yeah. it exists, but also at the same time hoping that it wouldn't work and it did. And I was like, no, 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 no. So I had to go back. I'm very and curious. Uh, it's about um, uh, measure, measure driven uh, data labels. Okay. And you can kind of, to an extent, you can do that now within Power BI. You can you know, control, I forget what you can control now, but obviously I'm doing with Deneb. Um, yeah, where yeah. you can just do like a whole lot more. So I just I, I just went back and I um, <laughs> sorry, see the comment. Uh, I went back and I just made it more extreme. So it's it's perfectly fine. But I'm just finished now. Um, Dax kills hope. Yeah, Dax Dax kills hope. This was a reference to. Um, have you been watching Sandman at all? Uh, not yet. So we're we're planning on on starting that up this weekend a bit. I think. Okay. Well, I'll, it, I think it's not much spoiler. It's basically someone's like you know. Um, I am hope. What kills hope? This is a, one of the lines, and so Maya was like, "I am Dax." Dax. Hope. <laughs> yeah, Dax. Dax kills hope. There, there are those moments. I'm not sure if Marco is still kicking around, but uh, he'll probably disagree. To be honest, that would be the thing. Da I am Dax. I am Marco, or I am SQLBI, and there you go. They, they, <laughs> they, they win again. Um, but yeah, it's, it's very good. I've never read any of the, the, the comic books uh, at all, um, but. It's very good. I'm very much enjoying it. So when you I've heard get good things watching, about it, so I, I have to finish Better Call Saul as well. So that's still uh, on my to do. So yeah, I I watched the final two episodes, but I'm going to rewatch them because I was kind of distracted doing something else, and I didn't really. I love Better Call Saul, but I didn't really enjoy them so much. The final two, yeah. which um, I blame myself for that for the distraction because I was like you know, doing a bit of work here, but. Better call style there, so I'm going to go back and um, hopefully prove myself wrong on that one. Yeah, uh, we'll see. I'll let you know what I think. <laughs> let me know. Feedback, mate. Always good. <laughs> um, anyway, again, mate, thank you so much for um, joining. It was been a great chat. Um, I think some nice and also very important topics that we've discussed today. So very cool stuff. Thank you. Um, thank you all in the chat also for your comments. So it's always interesting to have that. So. Absolutely, I completely agree. And I like kind of keeps the, the conversation flow going and nice um, random questions to take us in different directions, um, which is always always good fun. Um, yeah. So anyone, everyone in the chat, I shall think I'll be back next Thursday. I'm not sure yet. Um, maybe I'll take a one-week break or a two-week break at some point. But if or not, I shall uh, let you know. But uh, thank you very much for joining. Kurt, thanks for you. And um, I shall see you all at some point. Thank you. Goodbye. <laughs>